Hello, and welcome to Furloughed, defining moments worth talking about. And I am your host, Leonard Cochran, and it is good to be back with Steve Otterstrom. Steve, how are you this week, my friend? It, it's It's been quite a week. You know, I, I actually uh, been a little bit sleep deprived, and then I, I did have kind of a I think it'll be a funny story in the future, but, uh, you know, Leonard, you know, I, I started keeping bees right about the time yes. we went on furlough. Yes. Well, you know, so I, I decided to up my game and, uh, get two more hives or really what I got was they call them nooks there. It, it's like a very small, uh, beehive in a box basically mm-hmm. it has mm-hmm. the queen and everything in it. You just take that and put it into your empty hive and, and then let it build out and, and grow a new hive. Well, um, I, I ordered those quite a few months back and, uh, went to go pick those up last night and I did bring my bee suit with me, but I discovered it doesn't do as much good if you just bring it with you and you don't actually wear it. That, <laughs> I see. Yeah. Well, you know, like the bees are in boxes, the boxes are all corked up, you know, it, it I have it here in case maybe I hit a bump and I have to put on my bee suit and well, the problem was is you pick them up after dark because of course they want to wait till all the, they're they're active hives oh, so okay. they want to wait till all of the bees bees come back into their box plug the hole up and then you know give it to you and and off you take them uh but one of them the uh the the little door was open mm. and i noticed that and of course you know they've been throwing these boxes around and the bees were upset uh-huh. and so you know i had gloves on so i quickly reached down to close it and uh, once once they saw my hand, they're like, "This is the dude that's doing this to us." Oh, and, <laughs> yeah. And so you know, my hands were okay because I had gloves on, uh, but I'm not sure how many bee stings I have around on my face and neck. And oh. I've been I've been I've been popping Benadryl all day. And um... <laughs> so some of those little guys escaped prior to the cork going in, I guess. Well, the cork right. was off. Oh, just and so off. I went to put it back on, mm-hmm. uh, and and that's when they said, "Oh my goodness, these these this is the guy that's been doing that." Yeah, you know, this to us. Yeah, and uh, the thing is, is when a bee stings you, it it like releases a scent or a hormone. Mm-hmm. And so, like if you if you have your smoker with you, you actually put smoke over it so that they don't go, "Oh, that's the place to sting." But if you get sting once, you know, chances are there's more bees coming, and they're gonna you know, every time they sting, it kind of alerts them. This is, this is the guy, this yes. is the place, yes. you know, so land and strike right here. Wow. Did <laughs> yeah, not so know if, that. if I, if I do uh, say something that doesn't make any sense at all, it could be the Benadryl, you know, it could be the lack of sleep. Um, but yes, I, I have to say this, this part of, of the week, when we get to do our podcast, is probably one of the most enjoyable things. So I'm glad that that we're getting around to doing it. And I know it's been a little while since we've done one of these. And 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 I'm very excited to say that that we are getting Calvin back with us again. Yes, um, yeah. Calvin will be back pro- probably from the time this broadcast goes out. It'll be almost a month that he'll be back, I would imagine. So yeah, yeah. We we couldn't book him right away, but it took a finessing, but we did get him. So. So if you haven't listened to his first podcast, get on, (laughs) get that listened to, uh, because it it is going to be a two-part series. He had so much gold that we just couldn't even begin to cover it in in one podcast. So happy to have him back. Yeah, that's Calvin Stovall for those that might be searching furiously through past episodes to see where he was. And uh, unfortunately, I don't have the number right in front of me, but it was for those of listening (laughs) 
currently that was the last podcast from this one so whatever number is before this how's that exactly you can find it and if you if you listen to another one on accident doesn't hurt our feelings either (laughs) maybe we shouldn't give them any clue where it's at start at the beginning (laughs) yeah start at the beginning it's in there somewhere (laughs) we want as many you know listens as we can get so um (laughs) yeah yeah there you go very exciting uh, but you know you've had a lot of exciting things happen yes. um, in in the last little bit. Uh, I hear there was a, a wedding of some sort. Yes, yes, indeed. Yes. So since our last podcast went out, uh, my son has gotten married, and so we are we are one fewer person in my household. So once upon a time, my mother in law was here; she's gone, and now my son is gone. So we're we're whittling away. So we're we're down <laughs> we're down to six now. So, oh, yeah, so you yes. don't even know what to do with all that space. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I'll be uh, moving my office into his bedroom eventually and uh, set up the studio there. I've got some lighting for video and whatnot, as well as, of course, our oh. podcast studio will be there. So, yeah, looking forward nice. to having nice. a little expanded space from where my cor- office currently lives. So. Well, that's that that's really exciting. And congratulations on that. Yeah, you know. thanks. And um, I think I think it's good to say uh, up front with this one. This is this is maybe our sentimental podcast. Yeah. So if any of you are feeling like you can't handle sentimental today, tough. Yeah. Deal with it. <laughs> well, we'll start off with Mother's Day, and we will get back to the wedding. And say a little bit more about that, but it, it is. Mother's Day weekend for those of you that are listening here in the United States. And if you're listening from outside the U.S., which we've got a number of listeners that do, uh, you can certainly celebrate your mother as well. Uh, but this this should be going live the day after Mother's Day here in the United States. And Steve, do you have a Mother's Day tradition in your family, uh, <laughs> either with your wife, who I, I know is not your mother, but uh, she is the mother of your <laughs> yeah. children. Thank uh, you for, or... <laughs> for making sure everyone was aware. You know? <laughs> do, you, do you guys do something that with, with, with your immediate family or with your own mother? Or... Well, you know, it, it's funny because um, my recollection of Mother's Day was usually, you know, of course, we'd go to church. There's a little bit of um, ceremony there. And then my mom would come home and just be angry the rest of the day. <laughs> okay. You got to tell me the story behind that. Why was your mother angry on Mother's Day? Well, I think I think the thing about it is, is usually when we go to church, you know, they would always, you know, talk about mothers in such a glorified, unrealistic mm. way that that it actually angered her you know there was always this story somebody would read the giving tree and be like that's what a mother's like and she's like i'm not gonna sit there and let someone cut off my branches and leave me as nothing but a stump and feel good about it (laughs) that that is not the definition of a healthy relationship a healthy relationship would be that the boy cares about the tree too and helps take care of the tree the tree takes care of the boy save the forest Exactly. So, so if any of you haven't aren't aware of the the um, the story I'm talking about, I think it was um, Shel Silverstein that wrote the Giving Tree. Uh, but it's just a little kid's book about a you know a a kid who keeps going to the tree and taking more and more from it, and it's supposed to make you all happy and and things. But did not she did not enjoy it, and she also just didn't enjoy the um, the perspective. At, so much was put on mothers, and so little glory any other day. Uh, of the year that mm. I think she yeah. she yeah. found it to be a very 
very frustrating holiday. Yeah, the old let's just do this once and be done with it as opposed to honoring your mother kind of throughout the year type thing, huh? Yeah, it's kind of like if the only time you tell your wife you love her is on Valentine's Day. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you do one great big thing and you hope it's going to buy you another 365 days. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, um I think I think she she found it Mother's Day to be somewhat hypocritical. She's like, just once, I'd like to be asked to speak on Mother Day. Mother's Day, I tell them what it's like. <laughs> <laughs> I gave birth to these things, <laughs> these monsters. Yeah. And although I love my children, I never understood what pregnancy glow was. <laughs> is, is that the look you have when you go pale just before you throw up? You know, um, I, I think she she felt it was a bunch of men saying what they idolized motherhood to be mm. and uh and so she, she wasn't she wasn't a big fan of it um and and so i guess as, with, with like my wife we, we try and make sure we get we celebrate with some food or a brunch or go get um but of course we didn't do that last year and uh, i now we're out of the habit i don't even know how to go to a restaurant anymore <laughs> <laughs> true true yeah well it's it's uh mississippi is probably a little more relaxed than utah so um matter of fact i i went to a restaurant earlier today and it was uh pretty much business as usual i think uh mm -hmm. you know of course folks still wandering in with masks but mississippi it's not even a mandate that they have to have them either so i think most of us are still wearing masks um at least out of courtesy, if nothing else. But yeah, yeah. well, we, we're at a, a point that we have, um, like statewide, all of the all of the restrictions have been list, lifted. But in Salt Lake County, of course, we're we're the more populous area of the state. Mm -hmm. uh, there still are some restrictions in place. I'm not entirely sure what they are. So I, you know, either way, I, like like you said, I wear my my mask to show courtesy for those who might have compromised immune systems or mm -hmm. I'm fully vaccinated now. I've had both my shots. And mm -hmm. um, so I, I think it's unlikely that I would pass something on, but you know, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I've worn one long enough. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. and um, I, I don't know enough to know that it's safe not to wear it. <laughs> I'll, I'll let that stay there. I'm not sure gram, grammatically what, what exactly that is, but you're good. I'm pretty sure if you're looking for a grammatical answer, I did it wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it's interesting. You were talking about Mother's Day. I did want to share that, you know, of course, my mother had um, a little bit of a, um, aggressive feelings toward Mother's Day. But I, I, a few years ago, actually, I, I did a little research um, years ago when I used to go to church. Uh, for a talk, I was actually asked to give the talk on Mother's Day. I was like, "Oh, if my mother could be here now, oh, okay, <laughs> you know, she she would." Uh, so I tried to remember her words, and so I looked I looked up the history of Mother's Day, and I found some really interesting things, you know, about at least in the U.S. its its origins, and so much of it came from a desire to have some sort of holiday that uh, celebrated peace, hmm. you know, um, in the years prior to the civil war uh there were these mother's day outings that uh people would go on generally women <laughs> and they would and those mother's day things were about actually learning the tick the tricks of the trade um of being a mother I, I mean there wasn't you know as many birthing classes or um or whatever it was that, that they felt they needed to learn mm -hmm. and that morphed over time into um, a bit of a celebration of mothers and then after the civil war those became um, like 
uh, outdoor barbecue cook-off event um, where Confederate and Union soldiers, both sides of the war, could come together and celebrate their mothers. And it was, again, uh, an overture of trying to create peace after, you know, you try and kill each other for five years. It doesn't mean you get along afterwards just because the war is over. Um, It was also um, um, some of the early abolitionists and uh, women's suffrage movement leaders uh, pushed for Mother's Day uh, Hmm. because they felt like our American holidays only glorified men and they wanted something that would recognize women. And um, I think by today's standards, people would look at that and go, okay, so being a mother is what it means to be a woman. Yeah. And, uh, and it's interesting because um, I, I absolutely agree that that is a, a, a really worn out statement, but they were right. There was nothing out there. There was no holiday that in any way acknowledged uh, the contribution that any woman had ever made you know, um, throughout history in our American holidays. And, you know, I can go through the holidays today. I mean, there are some that women would be included, like Memorial Day and Labor Day and and those that cover a larger group. But if you look at, you know, independent holidays or those that actually show up on your calendar, even if you don't get them off, there really isn't anything out there uh, for women. Uh, So anyways, uh, one of the the ladies who was really... um, instrumental was Anne Reeves Jarvis. And uh, she <laughs> was um, had actually gotten funding to try and get this, uh, some political wind going from a local department store owner and, uh, and, and was able to successfully petition to make it a national holiday. Hmm. Of course, um, her thought was it would be a day when you would go to church you would honor your mothers. You would remember them. Um, I don't know if this tradition started with her. I don't think so. I think it went long before, but uh, people would bring a white carnation to honor a mother who had passed, a red carnation for a mother who was still living. Mm. And um, and her thought was it would be a day of, of reflection and a day where if you had a living mother, you would send her a letter on that day. But it turned commercial really quick. And I think the story goes that the the same department store that gave her funding, uh, she went and visited one day and they had a Mother's Day salad and she ordered it just so she could throw it on the floor. And, you know, (laughs) after successfully petitioning and getting Mother's Day on the calendar, she spent a lot of the rest of her life trying to get it off the calendar. So she might have been related to your mother, it sounds like. She might have been. She might have been uh, because she was very unhappy with where, what it had become. And and I think she was very unhappy with the, the, the message that I don't know if Hallmark existed back then, but the Hallmark equivalent yeah. <laughs> was was putting out there as far as this is, and what an ideal woman would be. Yeah. You know, um, uh, Anne Reeves Jarvis never did have any children, so you know she she certainly didn't have this perspective that the only way to have any value or to have any meaning was to have children. I think she saw it as a larger celebration of women in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, anyways, that that's neither here nor there. I, I, I'm still going to, you know, make sure I get a card for my mother and um, and, and not to give a, a sappy. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I did. Not, I did not know that was the history of it. Um, and, and like you, uh, as a child, I can remember going to church. And, of course, you honored your mother. And back in the day, especially I don't know that I grew up. Well, it wasn't a country church, but it was a smaller church and 
I don't know, things were different then, I suppose. But anyways, they would uh, honor the mothers by giving them roses at the, or I mean, the carnations at the door, just as what you had said, Mm. you know, red for the living and white for if your mother had passed and they'd pin them on or carry them and let them die in their arms during the church service or whatever they did. (laughs) And uh, yes, I do. I do remember that. And of course, they always gave awards for the oldest mother and the youngest mother. And uh, of course, <laughs> nowadays that could be terribly embarrassing as in a religious institution to honor the youngest mother in yes. particular. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> I, I'm sure that's part of the reasons traditions change along the way. But uh, <laughs> interesting history, though, I did not know that it involved uh, kind of as a result of the Civil War in part too. So, in many ways, yeah, there was there yeah. was some some element of it of it prior, and of course, yeah. I'm sure there are different stories in different parts of the world for where their Mother's Day came, especially because um, most countries have their Mother's Day on different on different days of the year. Sure, yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. Well, interesting. Well, speaking of mothers, we'll we'll shift back for a moment and and uh, mention my son's wedding, and of course. Uh, as Steve said, we're going to kind of go sentimental. We were thinking about just different topics and, uh, uh, our children was certainly a topic that came to mind with my son getting married. And, uh, yeah, so he's married. And as they say, uh, one of the expressions that I've heard is when your son marries, you lose a son. And when your daughter marries, you gain a son. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> the, the women tend to bring their son or excuse me, their spouse into the family. And so it kind of adds a, uh, adds a person to your number. And as the son marries, they tend to sort of disappear and not hang out quite as much. And so we'll, we'll see. It's a little early. It's only been Let's a couple you... weeks. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, he, he's, he's married, moved out. And, uh, so, and, and I did for our listening audience, I don't know that we're connected on social media, but uh, I, I had the honor of officiating the wedding as well. And so I know uh, some folks did not know I would be doing that until they got to the wedding. Uh, so if you're not a guest at the wedding, um, now you know. And now you know. <laughs> so, but yeah, I had, I had the opportunity to officiate both my son and my daughter's wedding and really, really honored to do that. And especially... Again, with your son, you know, traditionally in the United States, the bride's family does all the preparation and arrangements for the wedding. And so for this one, you know, I easily could have been overlooked and not have to have played a part in it. And so it was an honor to do that. Uh, but for the most part, yeah, we just sort of showed up and said, what do you need us to do outside of me officiating? So it, it was kind of wow. neat, very low pressure for us. Uh, certainly a lot of pressure for the bride and for her family and uh, yeah, rain and whether it was going to have to move indoors or not. And uh, so the ground was still wet. They were able to have it outdoors, beautiful wedding. And of course I'm biased, but it was beautiful. Nonetheless, beautiful bride, beautiful place that they married. Uh, the chairs were under a tent and, and then they had an open area with the patio where they had a reception dinner afterwards and uh, music, dancing, photos, and whatnot. So it, it, it turned out to be a very, very nice evening, I must say. That does sound nice. But does it make you feel old? Well, it, it's, it is kind of a sensation. Uh, to and, and for me in particular, I'll, I'll be frank, uh, my son, of course, is moving out, right? He's not bringing her in. He's going out. And uh, so it did sort of hit me. And... Uh, 
just being very truthful as we always are, um, with the passing of my father being just, you know, a month and a half or so prior, there was just that inkling of a notice the night of his wedding that, gosh, my son is now not down the hall in his bedroom. And so that gave me a little more of a, uh, a void because that was a male in my life that I would not see as often. And I couldn't help mm-hmm. but reflect. As I was thinking about that, I suddenly be- became reflective of my, my father as well. And, you know, just kind of as you go through that grieving process of losing someone, it, you know, that was just sort of another reminder that, sure, I'm not going to see him again. Uh, obviously, I'll yeah. see my son. I, I would expect to see my son before my father. <laughs> uh, yes. but, but still, it, it, that void is what just suddenly, just for a moment, almost like one of those deja vu feelings. Uh, I had just this flash of, oh my gosh, there's a void there. You know, I'm missing a male in my life. So kind of kind of odd, but uh, nonetheless got through that and, and very happy for he and the missus there. And very strange, I will throw out, very strange to be at a wedding for me to announce Mr. and Mrs. Cochran, which of course my last name is Cochran, <laughs> and, and then for the DJ to allow uh, or, or to announce, I should say, the first dance for Mr. and Mrs. Cochran, and my wife and I were not invited to the floor. So it was a little awkward. Uh, <laughs> just throw that out there. <laughs> well, you, you could have just gone to the floor and had the first dance for them. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I was yeah. trying to make eye contact with my wife. It's like, do you want to sort of like, no, 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 no. We, we, we wouldn't have that. <laughs> we'll let them have their moment. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting because, you know, as you were talking, it just, you know, I've, I've had several moments um, over this last year just thinking of of how um, close we are for the dynamic of the family I've been raising all these years to to just change. And that, that feeling of, you know, partially loss and partly of change is coming, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, my daughter's going to be going to the university next fall you know um <laughs> my my son still lives close i mean he's in the apartment right beneath us so you know it, it's there but i can feel that you know that we only have a little bit of time left emptying that nest yeah 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 and, and when 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 my children were first born i can remember so clearly with each one of them you know that it it really does seem like just yesterday, like when my oldest son was born, you know, I remember, um, you know, <laughs> we, we, we tease him because, um, he was born and he had his own, his own feces in his, in his mouth. So I was like, life just got better for you from then on out. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but, um, but I remember, so they, I didn't hold him right away and Elizabeth didn't hold him right away. They had to clear his airway real yeah. quick and, and they were super fast and efficient. They'd done that so many times, you know, had this little vacuum thing. They went sucked down into his lungs. But, oh yeah. The yeah, six they, foot hose all the way down his nose. Yeah. And the whole thing. Oh, it's so crazy. I'm like, where's you putting that? Yeah. And they're like, oh, like, all right, he's good. And they don't and, break them either. That's weird. <laughs> no. Like child. no, they, they seem to kind of know what they're doing. But um, then uh, the nurse handed him to me. I was the first one that got to hold him, um, uh, you know, because I had followed over to where, you know, they were, you know, clearing him out. She handed him to me. And I remember just looking down at his eyes and they were wide open. And he had this look on his face that was just like, 
it was like the two and I, the, the two of us felt exactly the same, but like, what just happened? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. here I am looking at, at this little me, he looks like my baby pictures mm. and, um, and just thinking, I have a kid and he's thinking, what just happened? <laughs> like his eyes were rolling yeah. around. Like he was really trying to figure out what was happening. You know, and I've seen that eye roll actually many times since, you know, growing up, <laughs> but you know, just that whole, um, you know, at that point, it didn't seem like there would ever be a time that I wouldn't have a kid with me mm. anymore. You yeah. know, it seemed like I've, I've got a whole lifetime that I'm going to spend you know, raising this child mm. because, you know, my years from zero to 20 took way longer than my kids' years <laughs> from zero to 20. Yeah, It's kind of like it took me 20 years to get to be 20, but it took only two years for my kids to get to be 20. I mean, it's, it's just so, so crazy true. how, so true. you know, I remember so clearly all, you know, many things, but sometimes my kids bring up stuff and I'm like, ah, I don't remember that. Hope it's not true, yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah. um, I think if there's something I could say that for sure, like I've, I learned from my children is just time, hmm. you know? Yeah. Oh, that's so true, Steve. I, I know like you when my, in the first child is so fortunate because all the attention is on them. I will throw that out. I have two children mm -hmm. and I, I, you've got your three. Uh, but the first child, the world just comes to a stop for, and you've never had one before, you know, at least I hadn't at my first child, right? Yeah. <laughs> None of us have, do the math. None of us had before our yeah. first child, so, no. <laughs> but, but so the whole world has suddenly changed, you know, it's gone from two to three now and uh, uh, all of that. And it's like everything that happens with that first child is the first time I've experienced it as well as they've experienced it. So there's so much of a shared experience. And then as you're alluding to, you didn't outright say it, but the weight and responsibility now, you know, just that realization that, oh my gosh, I'm going to take this thing home, this child home. I know it's not a thing, but this you, little you, larva. you sort of feel that way. <laughs> I'm going to take this thing home. And there's no manual or instruction book, right? You know, you leave the hospital and they... They give you a blanket or they give you a couple of things, but nowhere in there is a manual. And it's so funny. No. I've got a manual for my car that I have never opened, but with a child, I would have been immersed in it in those first few days and months if somebody would have given me a manual, but it well, didn't happen. Uh, and there were like these books, you know, what to expect in the first hundred days and yeah, what to, you know, yeah. my biggest challenge with those books is they were books. Yeah, so well, and they're very generic. It doesn't tell you for <laughs> yes. your child, you know. But oh, well, yeah, 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 definitely. How many remember. times did I take my, you know, like my my uh, youngest when he was a baby to the doctor or the hospital? Yes, you know. Yes. Um, and then with the others, you know, by the time I got to number three, it was just like they'll probably be okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're not <laughs> bleeding that much. It'll be all right. Yeah, I, I yeah. think there's still some blood left there, you know. <laughs> Well, uh, but it, it also going, you know, for the Mother's Day theme, it really was a time that I, I gained a lot more respect for my parents, mm -hmm. you know, and what they had done. And, sure. you know, that's when you have your, I don't know how it was for you, but when you have your first child, you call mom and dad a lot more. Like, is this normal? Is yeah. This, <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> what should I do? You know, um, yeah. 
Well, yeah, we and I know, I can remember one of those phone calls that we had with my second child. He he was a little more active than my first. I had a daughter and then a son, and my son was always much more active than my daughter. My daughter, uh, I always describe her, even to this day, kind of. Uh, she was the one that was a little bit self-contained. You could give her a book, a doll, or something, and she would on her own even, go in the corner and sit and just have a good time, entertain herself. Whereas my mm-hmm. son was a little more uh, into exploration, we'll say. And so <laughs> I can remember he was young enough. In uh, back that when he was young enough, we had walkers that had wheels on them so you could get around. And mm-hmm. I, I guess somebody finally wised up to that, but not, not prior to him. So he could get around and couple memories come to mind with him and his walker. Uh, number one is I learned very quickly. So I, I was working night shift at the time. And so I was home in the day, oftentimes with both my children uh, while my wife was away because she did some part-time work and different things while the kids were growing up. Uh, and so during that season in particular, I was at home. And so I learned very quickly that when I took my naps because I needed additional rest for being being working all night and uh, trying to get up so early. When I took my naps, I had to sleep in front of the front door because my son <laughs> in a walker was able to open the screen door, go out the door, which has that little step that most doors do, get off the sidewalk and get under the tree in the front yard. And so... When I, I learned very quickly from that day forward that I needed, number one, a chain lock on my door. But also, <laughs> if I'm going to sleep before the chain lock comes, I need to sleep in front of the door. So that, that was one life lesson. Uh, and then the other was the fact that I did not know that you could go to the fire department for first aid. And so uh, my son, again, loved to explore. And he found a bleach bottle that was sitting in the kitchen near our washing machine. We had oh, a washer wow. and dryer was just open, exposed in our kitchen. And so the laundry detergent sitting on the floor, the bleach bottle sitting on the floor, you know, they all got caps on it and all that kind of stuff. And he managed to get the cap off of it. And we don't know what exactly he did with that gallon bottle of bleach. Uh, fortunately, it wasn't full. I guess if it were, he maybe couldn't lift it. But nonetheless, it yeah. wasn't full. But somehow he was able to l- get the lid off, lift it up, and pour bleach on his clothing. And oh, so wow. my wife, finding him there with bleach stains on his shirt, we assume he was going to drink whatever was in that bottle. And we didn't know. I mean, when you're a kid and you pour bleach on yourself, you smell like bleach. You check your breath, you smell like bleach. And so yeah. we, we ran him over to the fire department which is nearby the volunteer fire department near where I live. And, uh, you know, they checked him out and changed, you know, we changed his clothes, the whole thing. And eh, he seems fine. You know, he's not acting crazy or doing anything unusual. uh, So they assured us it must be okay or else he would have had some reaction by then. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Yeah. So I did not know you could go to your local fire department for first aid. I didn't know that either. Didn't yeah. know that either. I probably would never thought to have, you know, but it is interesting because you bring up, you know, like um, having children or, and, you know, even, even in, in saying this, you know, I feel like maybe my first experience in having um, a child really wasn't my own. You know, I remember when my sister had her first 
child and we all took turns holding him and mm -hmm. it was just like um something changed in our family at that point you know yeah. it's like there was there yeah. was there was new excitement there was you know all of a sudden the you know next pixar movie comes out and everyone's fighting over you know who gets to take you know the nephew to to go see it you know and 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 i and i bring that up because i think sometimes we talk about parenting and um i can say that uh you know the roles that i think uncles and aunts and things play can have such a big impact there's you know for my kids they've they've got an aunt who uh, my youngest has described as like his second mom, <laughs> mm, yeah. you know, and, uh, and of course my youngest brother, you know, I think they, they, they adore him more than, <laughs> than me, but, you know, I think it goes into like, there's, there's a larger dynamic, you know, and what makes a family, but I, w that was a really weird uh, rabbit hole for me to go down because what I really wanted to talk about is the, um, when you were talking about the, your son and, and thinking they drank bleach, like you get your highs and you get the, the most scariest, scary things ever, yes. you know, um, from, you know, times you're just so happy and life couldn't be better to, I remember it was with my youngest, he, he, uh, caught the flu and, um, you know, he was a healthy kid, but he had a, a, a semi unusual reaction to it. And he got really bad croup and had to spend uh, two days in the ICU. And and I remember looking at him on those machines and just like, um, it was devastating. It was absolutely yeah. devastating. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Like, I, it's it's almost like um, we start out really good because I love my kids, <laughs> and then as we get older, maybe we're just kind of not as cute and get ugly and things, but mm -hmm. I guess, I guess though, my, my, uh, feeling towards them wouldn't have changed, you know, over the years, but you have these tremendous highs and these tremendous lows, but no matter what, it just all goes by. So very, very fast. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I know with my kids, um, and I, I, I'm curious if you felt that way, Steve, when they were, for me, I think they were just sort of hitting that ten, the double digits, you know, hitting 10, mm -hmm. 9, 10, 11, somewhere preteen, of course. Um, but for me, I'd heard so much in my upbringing that basically uh, a child learns so much and they are formed so much in their young first early years. You know, mm -hmm. uh, and, and my term is this, the cement's not dry until they're about six or so. And I realize they can still change after that, but so much of what impacts the fullness of their life happens prior to turning six. And I can remember with my kids, knowing that they were soon going to be teenagers, I felt as though there was a literal window of opportunity of my influence closing mm -hmm. that that window was closing and that that sort of gave me a little bit of anxiety i never you know it's not like i had sleepless nights but i was mm -hmm. painfully aware that gosh you know it might be just a matter of a year or a couple years from that age that they were that they might just not be as receptive to the input that I and my wife were trying to have in their lives. And, and that kind of scared me. Was I alone with that, Steve, or were you ever conscious of that? Or 
it, it might oh, just yeah. sound kind of crazy. Well, and I think even just as far as from the perspective of, uh, you know, there, there, there are several points in life when I think your kids hate you for a little while. <laughs> I remember there was uh, a coworker of mine who was having a, a baby and um, we were, I was talking to him and another coworker who both of us have three children. And he's like, I can't think of anything more horrible than if your kid said, I hate you to you. Have your kids ever said that before? I'm like, like every day <laughs> you're going to at some point have to send your kid to school. And I promise there's going to be an, I hate you in there at some point, yeah. you know, they do learn from others, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I think what's interesting is and it, what I remember feeling and, and the kind of think the story that comes to mind is, um, you know, when, when, the, when the kids are little, they come up and they hold your hand and you walk everywhere and things like that. And then there just comes a point where they don't reach out for your hand anymore. Mm. And um, there's, you know, I remember there was a time when, because I had my kids fairly close together, all three of them would sit on my lap and would watch a movie. Yeah. And, you know, of course, now that would just be really weird, but. And uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. <levels. laughs> but there, I think, I think for me, it was that point when they don't hold your hand anymore. And, mm. and, the, and the story that, that, that comes to mind is, um, you, you know, my, my youngest, because before it was like, okay, well, Jacob's done holding my hand, but I got Lydia. Lydia's done holding my hand, but now I got Seth, you know, <laughs> yeah. but um, uh, we, I, you know, he, he was in grade school, uh, pretty young grade, but he hadn't hold my, held my hand for probably a year. And we went on vacation uh, to Washington, DC. And it's like everywhere we went, he just, you know, I think cause he, when we were back at home, he didn't want it to be the cool kid. He never wanted to be seen with, you know, with, me, as his, with me as his dad. Sure. And, uh, but everywhere we went, he was holding my hand. You know, I don't know if it was just because of the uncertainty of being in a new place. And I remember thinking, you know, you've, you've got to savor this. Yeah. Because this is only happening yes. on this vacation. Yeah. And then it's done. Yeah. And it took me two children to recognize when that point was going to be, mm. you know, and and to actually mark that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because so many of the events pass by, and you never recognize. Oh, this is the end of this season. Yeah, uh, you, you can almost to know it's happening. You have the opportunity to relish it and enjoy it just a little bit more, rather than to mm -hmm. wake up one day and realize, "Oops, it's gone. What happened?" You know. So, yeah, and that's one of the things that I do. Um, of course, I tend to give unsolicited advice. I try not to, but uh, to somebody that, <laughs> to somebody that's just had a baby, uh, the best thing that I always can tell them is enjoy every season of their life because it's so different, right? Mm -hmm. From a baby to the fact, you know, gosh, I wish they could talk, and then they talk and they don't stop talking and then they ask questions and you know each stage the teenage years and then finally you know as mine are uh marrying and leaving home uh, so every stage is unique and every stage is special but for me in my hindsight and looking back it's really take the time to enjoy each of those stages and each of those phases uh because so much, and that's where the first child, unfortunately, um, gets a little bit missed. And certainly in my family, it did. Uh, because my my daughter didn't get, um, she got a lot of attention. Uh, but with the second child, we were a lot more relaxed in the attention we gave. Mm -hmm. 
And so it's not that we enjoyed the second child more, but we weren't trying to follow every rule in the book. You know, oh, you must burp them five times and you must feed them three ounces or you must do this. You know, so the second child, we were a lot more relaxed and we could enjoy time with the whole family a little bit more than what we did with the first. So enjoy (laughs) every season, though. Make the effort. I sometimes tell my oldest, Jacob, that he was our practice child. So, yeah, right. If things didn't turn out well for you, we're sorry, but we had to practice on somebody. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And and you don't exactly get a do over, right? You know, so you, you, with Jacob or my daughter, Carissa, you can't just, you know, hey, guess what? I did that wrong. Let's try it this way now and see if that's better. You know, they, they, the child doesn't tend to cooperate when you want to do things over again. You, you've already no. done it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, it is, it is interesting because there's so many things that I, I think deve- developmentally, you know, for the kids, you know, there are a lot of things that, especially with my first that I expected probably more than I should have, mm. you know, because it was like, I want him to learn. I want him to know responsibility. If he doesn't pick up his Legos, he sits here until he picks them up. Yeah. And, and it never, it never dawned on me that uh, there are points, especially in the early childhood, that, that what you're doing is completely irrational from their perspective, Yeah. <laughs> that they yeah. don't get it. Right. Right. You know? Right. And um, you know, probably now, um, some would say I've taken it too far, more of a pushover. But uh, on the same note, I think if there's something I learned as I've been, as I've had my kids, is we're all just really bad parents. You know, just enjoy the ride. <laughs> if you think you're, <laughs> if you think you're going to do it good by your parent, uh, by your by your kids, you're probably mistaken that you're going to really, really mess things up and you're going to get things super, super wrong you know, from time to time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think also just from the perspective, you know, when you see a failing of yours and you see your children, you know, appear to suffer from it, um, it can be so devastating. Yeah. Or you can say, you know what? (laughs) My parents didn't know what they were doing. I didn't know what I was doing. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and, and, um, you know, something my grandmother used to say, she said, my hope is always that each generation is just a little better than the one before, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, and, and I, I, I see how wise that is because it really is hard uh, to do more than what maybe your parents did for you. And I, I think especially about people who come from, you know, have those adverse child experiences, which we talked about in the previous uh, podcast. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it does have an effect and it is ongoing. Elizabeth actually went um, and got her bachelor's degree after our third child was born and she got it in human development, uh, family and human development. Mm. And in her first year, she came home and she would just bawl and she'd be like, we read this study and we learned that if you don't do this by the age of four, then your kid will never do this. And if you don't do this from this point, then they end up criminals later on the road. And we'd missed all the marks and all of those things. And, um, you know, I really feel like raising kids is kind of like, uh, something I heard about religion, you know, which was align yourself with people who are seeking truth, run from those that have found it. (laughs) 
yes, yes. There's always an expert somewhere, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and as you were talking, Steve, I so, so much agree with what you're saying. I know with our own children, uh, we certainly tried to do some things different than our own parents did. And it was a conscious effort. And then there were other things that we did that we never intended to do per se. And, and we, with our kids, uh, we, we always tried to be pretty open with them. You know, uh, we didn't want to be uh, more honest than what was age appropriate, if that makes any kind of sense. In other words, mm -hmm. we didn't want to give too much information is what I mean by that. Uh, but at the same time, we wanted them to feel that we could always have a good conversation about anything they yeah. wanted to talk about. And so there were times where we, we would have to play confession with our kids and just say, mm -hmm. you know, hey, I, I thought ABC, but instead it was XYZ and I, I'm sorry, you know, and even even as adults, children, you know, we've occasionally had to have that conversation again. And, uh, you know, because as they're forming into adulthood and at, at where mine are and just maybe newly married or soon to be or have been for a minute, uh, they kind of, you know, what the heck, this is what we're doing. Why didn't you guys? And it's like, you know, my wife said it more than once. You did not come with a set of instructions on how to raise mm -hmm. you. You know, there were general principles that we tried to do and we tried to keep to that we thought were best at the time. And I'm sorry if I didn't meet your expectations, but I really was doing it with the best intent. And so far, I don't think my kids hate me for it. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a good thing is that although I have heard each one of my kids say, I hate you, I've never felt like they did. <laughs> yeah, yeah it, did. it was not long term, at least, right? Exactly. At some point, they needed me to, you know, help them greet something on a high shelf. I mean, it's the advantage <laughs> of being the tallest person in the family is I'm always I'm never going to be irrelevant. Um, I'll always be available to get things off the high shelf. Well, some of us don't have the height advantage, but I'd like to think. You have to just be a good parent then. <laughs> <laughs> I, I get a free pass because I can just reach the tall things. There you but go. now my, my, uh, my kids are getting strong. They don't need me to open peanut butter jars or anything like that anymore. So, Oh, and you wait, know. Steve, your day will come where you're kind of, you know. <laughs> Add it to them. Just, just a few <laughs> more years. Yeah, I, I've, I've more than once. My son worked out for a good while. And, uh, you know, it's kind of. Hey, are they making these bags harder to open or is it me? Uh, is this jar lid tighter than it used to be or is it me? Could you help me out? And I'm sure sitting at a desk plays into that, uh, but uh, he, he doesn't sit at the desk. I do. And uh, therefore, mm. I do need to occasionally get help. And boy, that's a that could be another whole episode once we start talking about that and giving care to our parents and uh, where the mm -hmm. roles change because they do in time. Uh, but the beautiful thing, and you're you're in that phase yourself, Steve. Uh, again, unsolicited advice. I'm I'm known for it sometimes. Uh, <laughs> but you're in the wonderful stage, and I think you've probably crossed that threshold a little bit, where you move from just being an outright parent to your child to where you can become more of a friend relationship. Mm -hmm. And by friend, I mean that you, it's a true mutual relationship of respect for one another without the title, without the position, uh, just human to human, uh, as opposed to the, the dominating parent to the child, submissive child or whatnot. Uh, but it, it's a, such a great feeling to have 
adult conversation with adult kids. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, there's no greater feeling than to know that, Hey, they, they are still willing to do that. Right. Cause now they, they've got options. They can go away. They don't have to, they don't have here. to, <laughs> they don't have yeah, to be there. Yeah. And yeah. so I, I think you're at that phase. I know with some, a couple of your kids maybe, uh, and I'm there with mine and it is just, uh, heartwarming to mm -hmm. be able to do that. So good fun. Well, Leonard, um, I know we're getting right up to the end of our time. Yes. Um, and, uh, this really was just kind of fun to sit back and, and be sentimental. So I'm not sure this will be our most listened to podcast, <laughs> but if anybody got to this point, Hey, we got you to listen. So that's Thank exciting. You. Yes. Um, you know, uh, but it, it, I, I really enjoyed just kind of, uh, reminiscing with you, uh, just two old dads, um, <laughs> having a conversation. Uh, and if, and if you don't like two old sentimental dads, you know, sharing, sharing their life stories and their wisdom, we did give you a warning at the beginning. Remember yeah. I did say that this was going to be our sentimental one. Um, but yeah, thank you for sharing and, and congratulations again on the, on the yes. wedding Thanks. of, of your son and, um, looking forward to the next time we get to do another podcast. Absolutely. And to our listeners, thank you for indulging us another time, another listen. And if you would feel free to reach out to us again, our email address, I say it every time is furloughed mailbox at gmail.com furloughed mailbox at gmail.com. And we would love to hear from you, whether it's about your own kids, your own mother's day or anything else you want to talk to us uh, Stephen, are pretty good listeners most of the time. He's a little better than I am, but I work at it all the time, and he's good at it all the time. So send us a note. Let us know what you're thinking about, what you want to hear on the program. Love to have you reach out to us. And as Steve said, Calvin Stovall will be back, and he's going to talk about the iconic mindset. And so keep watch for that here as we release these uh, randomly as we move forward rather than every week. Lastly, I do want to acknowledge the fact uh, Upwards Unlimited, our sponsor. And so if you're interested in any of your training needs, whether it's a small group or a small company, certainly feel free to reach out to them at Upwards, W-O-R-D-S, UpwardsUnlimited.com. And they will help you or your organization move from culture to community. And with that, we'll say goodbye. Take care, everyone. Bye. 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 Bye.